The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Robin Gelfenbein. Robin is a storyteller living in New York City. Robin had gone a long time without doing something big when it came to dating, bringing a partner home for the holidays. When she met a guy close to Christmas, she reluctantly decided to bring him home to her family, even though she dreaded something going wrong in the process. Hey, Robin, how's it going? Good, Brian. How are you? Good. It's nice to see you. It's been a while since I get, we've run into each other in person. I know. I feel like the last time I saw you was when you did one of the first virtual shows after uh, the pandemic Oh, yeah. Started. That's probably true. Yeah. It was like really, really early on. <laughs> so I don't even know the last time I saw you in person. That's yes. sad. Well, hopefully we'll change that soon. Exactly. Uh, but exactly. it's nice to have you here virtually today to share a story. Um, yeah, what did you want to talk about today? So, um, you know, your show obviously is called Love Hurts, and I had a bevy of things from which to choose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying that to brag, listeners, um, but I, I did want to share this one story that's got all these fun twists and turns. So, um, so this one uh, takes place about five years ago. I am scrolling through my phone, um, looking at all these OK Cupid profiles, and uh, and you know it's like a lot of times you see people you've seen before, <laughs> um, and so I'm like recognizing guys from online dating. I see this guy who ghosted me, and I was like, oh, I hate that guy. Oh, um, like so not people you've seen technically in real life, but people who have like come like the people who like come up on a different app that you saw on another app or whatever, or they just like come back around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. like I, but also, I mean, I, this is, this is a sidebar, but I do think it's funny and worth noting. So I'm messaging with this guy. And as soon as he sends me a message, I'm like, I absolutely remember this guy. He was, he was like getting his, um, masters at Columbia. He was probably like 12 younger, 12 years younger than I am, which I remembered. Cause I was like, mm, he seems too young. This was like, when I was like in my thirties and he's acting like he's never met me. And I'm like, what the hell? How am I so uh, like, how am I so forgettable these, to these guys, you know? So we're going back and forth. And, but with this guy, I was like, I, I'm not going to try and push it to see what happens for the sake of the story. I was like, do you not remember me? I was like, we had, we went out and then you like texted me all the time. You kept wanting me to go out with you. Like, I'm, I'm just surprised this, you have no recollection of this. And he's like, no, I swear. And I'm like, don't you have a 609 phone number? Because I'm like totally a nerd with that kind of stuff. And he was like, I do. I'm like, and I was like, but, you know, I don't understand. Like, you know, I'm like, I know we met. He's like, I don't really, I'm sorry. I just don't remember. But I think you're cute and blah, blah, blah. And finally, I was like, you have a twin. And he's like, how did you know that? I'm like, <laughs> because... <laughs> Because, because he didn't have anything about that in his profile. And I was like, because you told me about that. And then he's like, I wonder if my brother went out with you. And sure enough, he had. Man, there you go. That's wild. Is that nuts? 
so and I go, you guys have the same type? Like that's just like it's so weird to me. Um. So anyway, so yeah. So you know, five years ago when I'm going through all these profiles on OkCupid, I came across like, uh, this was just to be clear, not anybody had actually gone that one, and he's like. It's like, guy's 25. He's like, I just want to please you. I'm like, that's very nice. And thanks for the offer, but hard pass, you know, pun intended. And um, and then I see this guy who I actually had dated a few years earlier. Um, and he was a former Mormon who I nicknamed the foreman. And I was like, no, thanks. Like, not going there again. And then I come across this guy named Tom. And Tom is like a complete breath of fresh air. He's really cute. He's got this like jet black hair and glasses and I'm a total sucker for glasses. He's mid 40s. So he has this sort of like professorial look. He also is like, he works in library services at some major museum. And so I was like, oh my God, I love Booksmart. I'm so into this. So, you know, we text for a little bit and then he asks me out and we meet up at this bar down in Gramercy. He looks like his picture, so, you know, already... Yeah, you're already like, that's one thing checked off. (laughs) Right, I was like... (laughs) The lowest um, bar has been Isn't it sad, Brian? It's so sad. Um, (laughs) And he's, like, really charming. He's sweet. He's laughing at my jokes. And, of course, you know, who doesn't like that? And and, um, then I find out, like, he makes ice cream. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. I created a whole show around my ice cream cake. So I'm like, you make, you, not just like that you like ice cream. It's like you bake ice cream. I make ice cream cake. This is total kismet. This is so great. And so we end up hanging out like five nights a week. He is geographically so desirable because he's like a 25 minute walk across the park. And so that just, and so things just like move really fast. Yeah, which like, I feel like it's worth noting for people who aren't, everyone notices, knows this in like any, but I feel like in New York City specifically, like there's a real pro to being within like, yeah, a 20, 20 20-ish minute range from the person you're dating. And also the option to walk there and not be dependent on. Yeah, like you don't have to get on a subway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I was I was really psyched, and about a month into our relationship, he invites me home to uh, the Oregon coast for Thanksgiving, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so flattered, of course!" But I'm also like, "That's kind of, it seems soon, like to fly all the way across the country, spend ten days with his family at like oh some yeah, cabin. Ten day, it'd be one thing for be like a long weekend, but ten days is that's a commitment. It is, and and. It was, like, going to be at a cabin on the ocean, um, and I was, like, so head over heels for him, but I just was, like, this just feels, like, a lot. And also, there were only going to be maybe, like, three or four other people there, so it wasn't, like... Yeah, it was, like, pretty intimate for what what you were at at that point in time. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I tell him how flattered I am. I politely decline, and while he's out there... Um, he's sending me these texts. So I'm like in my childhood bedroom up at my parents for Thanksgiving. He's sending me all these like really lovely texts about um, how his family, and like pictures of his family doing puzzles. And I'm like, oh my God, these are my people. Um, he sends me uh, some, he sends me a picture um, where he wrote my name in the sand and nobody's ever done that for me. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. He's sending me all these nice messages and um and i'm just like really really touched and so finally you know like he's like 3000 miles away but i feel 
you know, really close to him. And I can't wait for him to come back. And so he does. And I end up taking him out for his birthday. And because, well, I'll share this in a second, but like my birthday falls at a really shitty time of year. And so like I make a big deal out of people's birthdays. And so like leading up to his birthday, I gave him like four different ice cream flavors. Um, I got him two cards because words of affirmation is my love language. <laughs> and um, I surprised him with dinner. And then I got I got a twofer on these jazz shows. He's like, loves jazz. And I have to tell you, Brian, I hate jazz. <laughs> but but I you're like, like, I want to nail this birthday. So I'm going to put up with this. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, look at what a good girlfriend I am. So anyway, um, you know, so he's like so thrilled. He's so happy. And then a few weeks later, he's asking me, like, he's kind of hinting around, like, what are you doing for Christmas and the holidays? And even though I'm Jewish, my, um, my dad is Catholic. And so we, we do Hanukkah and, and Christmas. And he's, I'm like, I think he wants me to invite him home to, you know, to, for my family. And I'm like, oh, my God, this feels really too soon. And what Tom doesn't know is that I have never brought any guy I'm dating home to meet okay. my family. Yeah. So it's like, to use storytelling parlance, like super high stakes, you know? And so I'm like, I, I'm just like, this feels like too much. I don't think I'm ready yet. I'm like so self-conscious that like, because the biggest, the, my biggest fear was like, if it doesn't work out, I don't want my family like just asking me a thousand questions, you know? Yeah. And that, and I guess it's like, because it's been so long for this thing to happen, there's there's an extra like whoever I bring home is gonna be like extra scrutinized because it's the fact that it's the first time this is happening. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like and, <laughs> and I was thinking the other element of this too for Tom must be like he's probably not going home to Oregon, so he's just got nothing to do or whatever for the ho- it's kind of that like it's either you invite me or I have nowhere to go for the yeah. holidays kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or I am like, you know, screwed. Yeah. Um and so yeah, but I was like too embarrassed to tell him. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah. So we don't been dating like not even three months at that point. You know, it was just like you got to pump the brakes a little bit, dude. Yeah. But the thing was, like, both of my sisters were married. They both had children, and I'm like, you know, I really want this to be like my time, the right guy, like all of that. Um, and yes, to your point, like I was like, it's gonna feel like a huge deal. Um, if I tell him, because then that's extra pressure for him. That's yeah, then fair. he's put in the scenario, but you're already put in the scenario. And then it's like, as I guess even just what you said now, of like your sisters and their kids, it's like there's that extra pressure for this thing to fit perfectly, like into the world that is already like existing, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, right. Because and extra- you're just like, yeah, I don't have enough. I don't have enough data points to know if this is gonna be a fit, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I'm like he already checks off the you know easy walk across the park box um and the fact that he looks like his profile you know but yeah, yeah, like i like, don't know enough else about him um yeah and the thing is i'm actually even though i'm a storyteller i tell stories all the time about my life i'm actually incredibly private when it comes to my personal life um and i and i'm even more so with my family like i would tell my sisters about stuff but you yeah. know aunts uncle like my parents like i was just like mm, I, w- I just wouldn't and so and so it's even like like I've never changed my relationship status on Facebook. It's always just been single. Well, I guess to be fair, that's <laughs> something I forgot existed until now. But it, there was what ten years ago that was like a very 
uh, that was like a real thing that was all always happening. So uh, yes, yeah, because I remember like as soon as you would change it, people were like, oh my god, yeah, that was like you a know, thing. Like, yeah, you would have yeah. like a conversation around it. I remember my friend and I, as a joke in college, were it's complicated with each other. We were just like two uh-huh. two platonic friends that were it's complicated with each other. That's and funny. I remember the conversation she had with me when she started dating somebody and she was like, is it okay if I take us away from it's complicated to like be in a relationship <laughs> with this guy? <laughs> and it was like this high stakes. Like, I think she felt bad that she had to end this like multi-year streak of us being complicated. Oh. I was like, no, I get it. You're, But I, yeah, that idea of like you had to advertise this stuff on this app yeah it was you know it's so like in some ways superficial and yes. i just was like i don't you know like if, if you if you're close with me you know i'm in a yeah, relationship you know and i don't need life. to broadcast yeah. it to everybody and you don't need to know like the drama if when we break up and so i just look i never change it and so I, the only reason i bring it up is that um this guy who i dated like like 13 years ago had sent me a friend request and I didn't accept it until after we broke up <laughs> because I was like, I don't want him like tagging me. Uh, like, I'm yeah, in like a giving, getting the request to be in a relationship with him. <laughs> yeah, it's just awkward, you know, because <laughs> that, that relationship only lasted like four months or something. So um, anyway, so, um, you know, a few yeah. weeks go by, Tom and I are like, so you don't okay. So he doesn't come home to Christmas with you. Well, so when the he first brings it up, I'm like wrestling with it. Okay, and so then, yeah, it's still a few weeks out of it actually being that time. Right. So then he brings it up again a few weeks later, and I was just like, you know what? Like things have been going so well. He did invite me home for Thanksgiving like a couple of times, and I was like, maybe I should just like tear the bandaid off. You know, um, maybe I should just like get over it. Just not worrying what my family's gonna think. Like I adore this guy, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. And so I invite him. He is thrilled, and like to your point, probably because he now has plans. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it seems like you two are both into each other. It's not just like great. I have something to do now. I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and so we drive up to Hartford, um, which is where I'm from originally, uh, from New York, and it's only a couple hours, and. Um, He's like, he is getting along famously with my mom. They're playing Scrabble because, you know, I said he's book smart. He's like works in library services. So he's probably like, oh, I am all about this. And I'm like, don't kick my mom's ass in Scrabble, though. Um, but, you know, she's just happy. He wants she wants to he wants to play Scrabble with her. And she and so he's like making cocktails for my family on Christmas. He's playing dreidel with my nieces and nephews. And I'm like, he's an atheist and he is just blending right in. This is great. We have a dance party because that's what the Gelfenbeins do. And um, he's into that. Like, he's just, like, melds right in. And everything's really awesome. And so the day um, after Christmas is actually my birthday, which for anybody who has, like, a Christmas-adjacent birthday, you understand, like, it sucks. Like, you get shafted. Nobody remembers. You can't – you just can't compete. Like, it's just too hard. And um, and so um, – like I, I, I wrote a song just to get out my anger uh, called Jesus Steals My Thunder because <laughs> he does. And so um, Tom and I wake up the next morning. You know, so we wake up the morning of my birthday. He's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I just want to like go ice skating and um, eat seafood. Not at the same time. And as you remember, like I made a big deal out of his birthday. Like I pulled out all the stops, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And so, but for mine, because it's like, it's hard because people are tired, you know, everybody's been like building up to Christmas and nobody really wants to do a whole lot. And so, so we end up, so we go to the ice rink and he tells me, he's like, you know, I, I want to be here, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall. So I'm not going to skate. And I was like, that's, you know, that's fair. That's pretty much everybody's response. <laughs> um, and so my, Mor- my niece, Morgan, who's seven, is all about it. She wants to ice skate with me. So... Um, she and I are on the ice. I'm holding her hand. There aren't like a ton of people there, but my family is up in the bleachers. And um, are you just at like I, a like an indoor like hockey rink or like an outdoor? Yes, thing? yeah, indoor hockey rink. Okay. And um, and so we're just like kind of going around and around. I see my family up in the bleachers. Um, I'm not sure where Tom is, but you know I'm not really sweating it. And then um. After Morgan and I have gone around a few times, I see Tom. And so if you imagine an ice rink, like if, you know, we're going around he like my family's sort of like at um, uh, like three o'clock and he's at like six o'clock. And so I'm like, why isn't he sitting in my family? That's weird. You know, it's not like the bleachers are packed. And so Morgan and I are going around and around and around. And each time we pass Tom, I'm starting to think like, why isn't he sitting with my family? What's wrong with my family? Does he not like my family? Does he not like me? Is he upset with me? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, and I'm just like unraveling. And Morgan is like, Auntie Rabbit, you're you're hurting me. Because like, I didn't realize, but I've been like crushing her hand every time we like skate past him. And um, I, I was just like, I was just so confused because had I been there with his family, I would have absolutely sat with them, you know? And every time we went around, I just felt like I'm on like the worst carousel ride of my life where I'm trying to reach for like the ring, you know, and it's completely out of my grasp. And so we leave the rink and um, it's a little quiet in the car. And then um, I was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go home and change and then we're going to go off to dinner. And he says, uh, I-, I need to get back to New York. And I was like, it's my birthday. Like, you really have to go? Like, you can't even stay for dinner? Meanwhile, we're having dinner, like, early word special, like, at, at like, 5.30, you know, because my nieces and nephews are really young. And he's like, yeah, I got to go. So he drops me off, and he he has he says he has to go back because he has to work the next morning. So I'm like, all right. And I say goodnight and go to dinner. And now I'm bracing myself because I'm like, oh, here we go. So you like never got an explanation of like why he was kind of not hanging around your parents. And then like you get back and the first thing is like, I have to leave. And you're just like this. Something is doesn't feel good about this whole thing. Yeah. Especially considered to 24 hours before where he was like fitting in perfectly to this scenario. Yeah, it was a total 180. I was I was so confused. And um, and so it just. Yeah, nothing made sense. And so, like, we're at dinner, uh, you know, even though <laughs> um, my family is Jewish, they're also from New England, so they don't want to ask too many, you know, uh, intimate questions or <laughs> they don't want to be like they like my aunt, of course, wants to be nosy, but like everybody else is like, he's up, you know, but they they were like, you know, where do you go? And I was like, he had to go back. He's, he has to work. And then and then they were curious to know, like, well, what do you get you for your birthday? And I said, 
oh, you know, nothing, but um, I'm sure we'll do something once I get back to the city. And so I go back a couple days later and he had some of my stuff because of, you know, like around that time, there's lots of gifts and everything and he had a car. And so he'd brought some things back. So I was just like, Hey, you know, how are you? When can I grab my things? Um, just feeling like I'll probably see him in a couple of days anyway. Plus it was new year's and we had plans. Um, and I was really getting like the brush off. I was getting like, he's like, work is really crazy. I'm like, it's, like a Christmas holiday. Yeah. Week. Like, like what, what is your, talking? what is your job? Like that yeah, I'm like, anything this nuts could be going on. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what is it? Like the card catalog at the library is like fakakt. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone needs to go to the library now. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. And so, um, so I, I only, I, it's like, um, probably like the tw- December 29th or something. And he tells me, like, I'm going to leave your things with a doorman and I'm heading out of town for New Year's because I need to write and reflect. And I was like, well, where's me in this equation, you know? Yeah, because you had your plans and you're like, yeah, waiting for, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I love how, like, my initial attraction to you was that you're book smart. And, like, under normal circumstances, I'd be like, yes, please write and reflect. But now I'm like, don't you dare write and reflect because you're probably writing reflecting about us you know um and so I was just like I felt like I I had like no um like he had made his decision and I was like nothing I could say and this was all in all via text which is even worse you know yeah so you're not getting any kind of like in person like what's up you can't just be like what's up (laughs) like that's yeah yeah and so I was like all right well I guess going to give him some space. And so then New Year's, of course, now I don't have plans. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, I didn't even want to go out. I was like, I just want to lay low. And so I laid really, really low. But I am not somebody who's, like, into pity parties. And so I was like, I got to do something. And that is when I turned to Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you don't know, Marie Kondo has this whole platform about – um, like tidying up your space and getting rid of things. And the whole thing is like, if you look at things and they don't spark joy, um, if, if they do spark joy, you keep them. If they don't spark joy, you throw them away. And I was like, you know, it doesn't spark joy in my life right now. This fuck face. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but as I'm like, you know, sitting there like, stereotypically like pounding away some ice cream, like pints and pints of ice cream. I'm like looking around my apartment and I have all these physical reminders of him. I have like these really cute pictures of us from Halloween. There's a, like a tote bag from the strand. Cause you know, he's a book nerd. Um, and then I have this like random tennis ball and I, and, and I, but I'm like looking around, I'm like, I can't throw any of this stuff away, Marie. I'm sorry. But like, I just, I need some answers. Cause I, I don't really know where I stand with this guy. And so like, New Year's comes and goes, and, like, a week later, he texts me after, like, a lot of radio silence, um, and he breaks up with me. And I was like, this is so lame. Like, but I just still wanted answers because it just – I felt like I just got the rug pulled out from under yeah, me. Yeah, there you was know? still no explanation of, like, why there was this weird turn and then why there was a lot of distance that happened very quickly. Right. And so I'm trying, like, can we, I'm trying to be an adult. Like, can we get together? Can we talk about this? 
Um, and nothing, nothing. And then, then he sort of like put things off. And a few weeks later I emailed him and I just said something like the subject line was like for us or about us or something. And I wrote this long email trying to like understand like where he was coming from. And, and he finally wrote back and his whole thing was, um, I just couldn't do it because I was falling in love with you. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't help. What? Is that crazy? What? I was like, you are so weak. And I felt, you know, I was. Yeah, like that's not the reason to to run away from this thing. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get like, you know, maybe that's the thing. It's like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm feeling these real feelings. But this happened to me or I'm dealing with this and it's a hard thing for me to balance these feelings with this other thing going on in my life or where I am in my life right now but like to just say I'm feeling really hard feelings for you and I can't deal with them that feels you know just it feels like it's just kind of like oh I just gave I just gave up on this thing because it was I guess love I would say I've been in positions of maybe maybe less stakes of things but like getting scared a little earlier on in the parts mm-hmm. of things and just being like, ah, okay, I'm just going to get out of this. Cause I feel this feels like a, this could be a big thing to jump into and I'm not ready to jump into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does feel like he was, he, it felt like you were walking into this thing together. And then all of a sudden he just like, ri- like it didn't feel you were at the same speed. You were both moving together. And then all of a sudden it was just like a hard out. Right. Yeah, and it was also confusing because I was like, you're the one who was pushing so hard for me to go home for Thanksgiving. So, like, I was resistant to that, and then I finally gave in, and then it felt like it just ended up backfiring on me. So it was very, as you can imagine, I was, like, really upset because I was like, this is not a good excuse, (laughs) you know? And so I I still was like, can we please meet and talk through this? Like, I need to Yeah, if anything, that just adds more reason to wanting to be able to talk about it in person, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and then he kept saying like, "Oh yeah, let's go to a concert." Let's. I was like, "I don't need to socialize." Places with you. where you can't have a conversation. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, but the biggest thing was, I was like, okay, I finally kind of like after trying for a couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? I'm never gonna get anywhere with this guy. And at this point, I just want my book back because like he had my favorite memoir, my absolute favorite memoir. Um, Cambry Cruises, uh, burned down the ground. I love that book so much. And she had signed it for, and we've been friends for a long time, but like she had signed it for me. Like I had a lot of, yeah, there's like sentimental value on top of just the book itself. Yeah. Right. And so he would like text me like, what's your address again? I'm like, dude, I already gave it to you. I've emailed it to you. I've texted it to you. I was like, I was just like, and then I got to a point where I was like, I don't want this damn book. Like I can't deal with this guy anymore. And so there was one night, um, where I had just gotten like, pushed to the brink. And so I was just like, I need to get rid of his stuff. Like I can't look at his stuff anymore. I need to chuck it. And so, um, so I had this random tennis ball of his and I went down to the park. Cause I was like, I just need to like throw this ball and like get out all this anger. And at the time I had laryngitis and I had a bunch of shows and they had prescribed me steroids. So I had like this roid rage just coursing through my veins. (laughs) 
And so I'm like walking down to the park, like all like fired up with this. It's like raining. I have my raincoat hood over my head and I've got this ball in my hand. Like I'm going to throw this ball into the dog run and these balls are going to attack it and tear it to shreds because it represents him <laughs> and the only ball he has. And so I get to the dog dog run and I chuck the ball with all my money. There was it was like 6:30. There weren't a ton of people there. And I throw it in there and I see these two little dogs kind of like saunter over. They take a whiff of the tennis ball and they walk away. And I was like, message received. <laughs> like nobody wants this ball. <laughs> yeah, I was like this thing is spoiled soiled whatever and so from that point on i was like i finally listened to marie kondo i was finally able to let him go and i i stopped contacting him until two years later this is insane to me two years later i get an email from him on a sunday morning and it says hi robin spelled with two b's i'm like i'm I'm not a street um and he he writes I would like to return the book you lent me when we were dating. I don't know if you remember that. I'm like, of course I remember that. Like, I, I harped on this damn book. It's as if he just found you on a dating site and just like, as if, <laughs> oh, we've, we haven't met before. But I have this book that is yours, but we definitely haven't met. Yeah, I mean, it's inscribed to you. And, um, and he says, like, can you send me your mailing address? I was like, you are such a piece of work. And I seriously, I just laughed. And I was like, I know, like, I shouldn't dignify this with a response, you know? Um, and my first reaction was like, I don't want this book back. Like you have destroyed this book for me. You know, I, I'm friends with her. I'll just get another copy. Yeah, and I, can get, like, <laughs> I can you do know. this. And then, um, and so I was like, I shouldn't dignify this with a response. But I, but there was a part of me that was kind of like, you know what? I really want the last word on this. And so I emailed him back, sort of like Costanza, where it takes a couple of days for like a good <laughs> comeback, you know? And I also kind of wanted to make him sweat a little bit. And so I email him back and I go, hey, Tom, you know, for a librarian, you're horrible about returning books. (laughs) (laughs) There's quite the late fee on this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. uh, And then I sign it, Rob. And then I wrote parentheses with one B. (laughs) Piece of work. Um, And um, so he, he sent it. Oh, I yeah, got so you, it. Had, like, you got it back. I got it a month later. And he also tucked in a lottery ticket. Because my mom, say like 20 bucks. <laughs> it's like, he won. It was a winning lottery ticket. Because, oh. like, on Christmas, my family had put them, in, they put, like, some stuff oh, in yeah, yeah. stocking, stocking for him. Suffers, yeah. And he had won. So he put that in. And I Wait, told, it was and, the one from Christmas? Yeah. From two what? years, two and a half. Like, well, I guess you could have maybe been using it as like a bookmark or something, but it still feels, uh, yeah, that's a weird, like to still have that. Yeah, I was like, here, this whole time I'm thinking like, I'm the one who has a hard time letting things go, but clearly you do. Yeah, well, it seems like it didn't, the, the hard part about that is it does, it feels like you had some kind of, you know, you meant something to him, but it was like. He was unable to kind of deal with it or like handle it kind of like an adult. Uh, But it doesn't, it's just, yeah, just the way he handled everything was like not the right, best way to handle that. 
Yeah. 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 It was very, it was very disappointing. Um, and then I told my mom about the lottery ticket and she's like, he held out to that this whole time. <laughs> and it's like, and he won. I was like, I know I, I actually gave it to her for Christmas or like Hanukkah that following year. She's like, what the hell is this? You already scratched it off. I was like, oh, I didn't scratch it. Town scratch it. It's probably past the point of being able to redeem it anyway. I think you have to like redeem those within a year or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know. He just kept disappointing even after we'd been out of touch. <laughs> oh, boy. Man. And then that was it. That was plenty. Yeah, I guess that was more than enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I was just stunned he, he got back in touch. Yeah, of all, like, again, it, yeah, I think you're right in that, like, it doesn't seem like it was something that he didn't think, he he was thinking about after the fact. Uh, but just, like, again, just, could have handled it. Could have handled it better. Yes, he could have. At many and, steps of the way. Oh, yeah. Well, that was what was so disappointing. I'm like, you're in your 40s and you're breaking up in a text and you're like reaching out after a few years and like clearly there's some lingering stuff you're dealing with. Uh, I can tell you with confidence if it, uh, if I did see him again, he would recognize me. <laughs> yeah, there's enough has happened where it wouldn't be like, oh, even though he asked, even though in his email you said we used to date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, piece of work. Yeah, um, man. Well, yeah. I did see him actually three years ago, but I was like running. Like it was early morning and I was like running up the subway step. No, he was coming up the subway steps and I was running down and I was like, oh my God, like I haven't seen him since my birthday three years ago. And like all these memories come flooding back, you know, you want to say something. And I was just like, no, like it's so not. Yeah, I can't. And I wanted to catch the train and whatever. But I like how you're like, yeah, I'd rather just catch the train than than have (laughs) any kind of connection. Like, yeah, but I think it says a lot about where you were and you're like it to be like, great. I'm this is not. This is not taking up the space that it was taking up for me after, before the Marie Kondo part mm-hmm. of purging him, right? Yeah. I mean, it really took a long time because I just felt like I got really swept up in everything. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, but I, I will say, like, I, I actually am glad that I did finally bring somebody home because then it made it easier for subsequent ones, you know? Yeah. It, it, the stakes became like, great, my pay, this work, this. I guess it it sort of worked and then it went poorly. So you were like, great, this this can happen again and it's fine. Right. Well, I'm like, it couldn't go any worse than this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So because it's like, you know, when you when because I it was like I was holding on to this like stress and pressure and I'm like, I don't know if anybody else necessarily was. And finally, I was able to just like suck it up, introduce them. And it was. Yeah. It really was like no big deal. I mean, my mom did ask for months after what happened to him. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you just have to kept being like, uh, I can't. I don't know. I don't. I, you. I guess you literally didn't know, right? Like, I didn't, and that's what. Like, what am I going to tell her? Like, well, he said he had fallen in love with me, so he decided uh, that's too much. That didn't work. It couldn't I work can't anymore. deal. Anyway, it's all right. Live and yeah. learn. Live and learn. Um, so if, if, yeah, do you have any, if you want people to find more about you and what you got going on, do you have like a website or anything you'd like to share? Sure. Yes. You can go to my website, which is robingelfenbein.com. Um, you will see my name. I'm assuming my last name in the, in the title. So that'll be easy enough to spell. Uh, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Instagram is a little weird because somebody oddly enough took my handle. Uh. I don't know who, who am I? 
Um, so it's Robin.Gelfenbein. And then if you want to listen to my Yum's the Word show podcast, I'm also co-hosting a podcast called Hello Menopause. And I'm representing the voice who has not reached menopause, who has all the questions of like, what might happen? <laughs> What's and, on the road ahead for me? <laughs> basically, yeah. Yes, I'm the comic relief for the show, but it's, yes. uh, it's a really important topic. And, and I've learned a ton. It's an important topic for yes. partners, for like, yeah. for all kinds of people to understand because it impacts women in a lot of different ways at work, um, at home, with their children, with their partners. So, yeah. Anyway, lots to check out. Good content. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on and for sharing. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>